BSI presents The Standard Show, the podcast that brings you the stories behind the standards with Matthew Childs and Cindy Paragil. Today's episode is on standards and batteries. Hello and welcome to The Standard Show. My name is Matthew Childs and the aim of this podcast is to bring you the stories behind the standards. Now, batteries, they play a pretty big role in our lives, don't they? Whether we're putting in a couple of double A's into our TV remote controls or some size C's into a camping lamp or the rechargeable kind through our smartphones and increasingly through e-bikes and electric vehicles. But it's not just on the consumer side. Batteries are also important for providing critical backup systems for important parts of our infrastructure like in telecoms or in hospitals. And overall, we are demanding more and more and benefiting more and more from this stored energy. And this episode is my conversation with Thomas Vergese, Business Development Manager from a company called Enesis, about this stored energy. Enesis is a stored energy systems and technology provider for industrial applications. And Thomas is a standards maker too, developing standards for rechargeable or secondary batteries. I spoke to him about just some of the growth areas in the use of batteries, some of the challenges facing the battery industry, and of course, standards. Though being the standard show, we started our conversation, well, in the traditional way. Now on the standard show, Thomas, we love people's standards journeys. We like to find out how on earth they got involved in this crazy world of standards. So what's been your standards journey? How how and when did it start for you and where are you now? So it started probably about 10, 10 to 15 years ago. So, um, yeah, and that's, that's effectively joining the TC21 committee um, for the UK, so the, uh, going to the BSI building in, in London. Um, the, that particular committee basically looks after batteries. Um, it has a, a number of people from various backgrounds and, and I was asked to join in. Um, my background is that I started with Enesis as a process engineer uh, about 25 plus years ago for a factory that actually made batteries for the forklift truck industry. Um, So then through that, I started to do more customer facing roles. Um, I think the battery industry itself, you need a wide range of of knowledge. So you clearly you need some chemistry knowledge to understand how a battery works because ultimately it's a chemical system. You also need some uh, physics or electronics knowledge to understand basically how a battery interfaces with basically other electronic systems. Um, And and then you also need to be able to explain how a battery works to to your customer base. So from from my initial slightly technical nerdy background, I I was uh, let out in, in front of customers. And from there... Um, because of the sort of application support, um, I was asked to join the, uh, the the BSI TC21 committee about 10, as I say, 10 or 15 years ago. Now, I'm no longer on that committee just through um, other changes um, internally, um, but I'm still involved in certainly a, a couple of the other cust- um, standards, um, particularly on a European basis now. Now, I want to ask you about the standards you're involved with, but how have you found, you know, you've been a standards maker for the past 10, 15 years. How have you found that experience? So there have been, it's over the last 10 years, certainly there have been some massive changes. I think historically 
for from batteries it was always quite a conservative industry a lot of the standards that we we looked at and we currently look at to be honest have uh, were established for for decades um before uh, and we were just tweaking around the edges now clearly as batteries have become quite frankly more sexy uh, over the last few years um the the pace of change of standards has has almost has quickened remarkably so now that the now we see a lot more standards coming on particularly based around the lithium side but also the um on the industrial side which is still more traditional um you're getting into more and and different markets which perhaps didn't even exist 20 years ago so what standards are you involved in the development of right now so there's a couple really um so first of all um one is to do with the labeling uh of batteries and battery technologies um so this is this is labeling of the battery chemistry and it's it's centered around the recycling chain so clearly the um recycling is is critical and it's becoming more and more important and it's important when recycling batteries that uh the chemistries are, are effectively kept apart historically 99% of lead acid batteries were were recycled they have a value and that recycling chain worked really really well um in terms of getting old product having a value and then getting back into the marketplace once it's broken down into its constituent parts with the advent of lithium technology um the problem there is that the lithium and the lead effectively don't mix particularly um at the re- point of recycling so it's important that we we look at methods to to basically separate the recycling streams um and and I think one of the standards we're looking at now is is labeling um so so effectively you you will be able to see much more clearly on your batteries exactly what the uh chemical composition is the other area that I'm involved in is uh automotive standards so um that's that's put simply that's car batteries um apart from anything else and that's IEC 695 so historically that governed uh how car starter batteries and and uh, it was always very simple um in terms of a battery used to effectively just start a car then about 10 or 15 years ago a new standard was introduced that uh, looked after car starter batteries in start stop um engines so effectively that was that was asking a little bit more of the car uh, uh, of the battery rather at at that point and now we're looking at uh, at, at the latest family of that standard where the where the battery will actually uh, back up the e vehicle um traction battery so if you can think of a an e vehicle as as being an electric vehicle that that is driven by uh, a large um battery effectively so behind that from a safety point of view there needs to be another battery which will effectively take over and ensure that if something goes wrong with your main source of power um the ev the 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 backup battery will look after the vehicle um in in the short time that it may take to for example drive to the side of the road and keep basic safety devices online so we're looking at at a standard there in terms of that that sort of family 
Now, you said earlier, Thomas, that um, that batteries are becoming very sexy now <laughs> the, the development of bat- development of batteries. Now, obviously, batteries are a key part of modern life, aren't they? We use them for all sorts of things. I mean, we come to rely on them, you know, for powering many things in our lives, you know, charging the batteries in our smartphones or dropping a couple of double A's into a TV remote control and or for starting cars, you just mentioned there. But I'm just interested, you know, where are the big growth areas for the use of batteries now? So batteries have been around for almost as long as, as we've used electricity um, effectively. So, so it's, it's always backed up the grid, backed up the telephone systems, backed up lighting in hospitals or schools or critical, um, critical buildings. Where we're seeing changes now is um, in terms of the fundamental safety of, uh, of the equipment that we use. So for example, a big growth area of battery for batteries about 20, 25 years ago was in the telecom industry. So um, as mobile phones came in, we got mobile phone masks. Every mobile phone mast has a set of batteries that support that mast in the event of the electricity grid shutting down in that area. So that's all fine and, and, and very good. But as we, become to, as we have become to become more reliant on um, our mobile phones, not just for, for speaking to people, but for governing safety devices, um, then at that stage, the expectation of the battery that supports the um, systems um, becomes um, much more important. So a typical example of this would be um, the recent fires in, in California, uh, where they were relying on the mobile phone um, infrastructure to direct people around, to put out the fires, to, to basically, to, to in, a, in an emergency situation, to run all the systems. And it was realised that in those areas where they were having to switch the electricity off, almost to, to stop fires um, starting, um, that they were relying on battery power. And the battery power, quite frankly, wasn't sufficient because it wasn't going over a long enough period of time. So I think one of the areas of growth will, will, not, will be... Um, increasing the time or the autonomy that batteries need to run certain systems for um, because those systems are now critical rather than historically nice to have. So from a, from a consumer perspective then, where, where are the growth areas there? So clearly one of the most obvious ones is the, uh, the electric vehicle market and we, we see more and more electric vehicles um, on, on the road now. So two um, new areas that where batteries are going to become more important is number one, as I said, not just in providing power to the electric vehicle, but also backing up that electric power within the vehicle. And that's a standard I'm working on. But secondly, also storage um, at charging points. So for example, you might have your Tesla, you may need to recharge it. Um, and there are certain um, advantages to, to attaching a battery to a recharging point, basically to, to, to ensure that um, the grid is, is balanced so that uh, when the charging point isn't being used, perhaps overnight or at quiet periods, a battery can be recharged, or, but also using utilising um, wind or solar uh, technology to allow you to recharge your battery, your battery in your car by recharging a battery that's associated with the recharging point. This is Cindy Perigill here, just taking the batteries out of Matthew's conversation with Thomas 
to give me the chance to remind you that here on The Standard Show, we really welcome your feedback. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, especially if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Find and follow us on Twitter at Standard Show and on Instagram at The Standard Show. And check out the show notes for all of the ways to get in touch. Right, the batteries can go back in again now. So in terms of um, the industry then, the battery industry, what, you know, what are the main challenges fa- facing the, you know, the industry in, that you work in? So I think, I think there are two main challenges. One is, is clearly autonomy. Everybody wants more and more power um, out of their battery moving forward. And then the second one is the recycling stream. So effectively, as we move to a more lithium-based um, battery technology, I think there are certainly a lot of challenges around recycling of lithium batteries as compared to, to lead-acid batteries. And it's important to ensure that, that all of the chemical um, technologies are uh, accounted for. As I said, you know, the recycling's done very well over the years, but now we have some some new challenges coming along. Not so much today, but certainly in five or ten years' time, as as more and more lithium batteries, a come onto the market, but b reach the end of their life. And is that a challenge there, not only for the industry but also for consumers in terms of that that recycling or disposal of batteries? Yes, and and clearly, you know, at, at the moment, lead acid batteries have a value at the end of life, so it becomes much uh, that there's there's an infrastructure there which allows you to to collect and to recycle the batteries. With lithium batteries, there is a cost associated with the recycling as of today. And that's a whole different way of thinking about the recycling stream, if you like. And that puts the emphasis not just on consumers, but on on the uh, companies that are placing the batteries onto the market. I just wonder, Thomas, how much, you know, how much standards, you know, help address these particular challenges? Standards will help us identify the products, to, to, to direct the products in, down the right way, and to ensure that if the products are used perhaps uh, in a different way as in terms of how they were used initially, so-called second life of, of batteries, um, it allows you then to control uh, and to ensure that the, that the product that, that is being used as a second life is, is quite frankly, safe, safe for use. Just wondering your your particular uh, industry, you know, the relationship between standards and regulation here, you know, in terms of the manufacturer and the use of batteries, how important is that relationship? Yeah, it's it's, it's very important, particularly as, as legislation is being brought in um, to encourage the use of batteries. So, for example, it, it, clearly where legislation is being brought in to encourage the use of electric vehicles. Uh, and because of that, um, that legislation, if we're being pushed towards electric vehicles, that le- legislation is also required through the, through the mechanism of standards to ensure that the batteries that, it, that might be used in these sort of electric vehicle type applications uh, are, are reduce their own associated carbon footprint. What you talked about there, Thomas, are, is in terms of European uh, regulation. I just think you know asking just interested in um the global perspective here because obviously batteries are used around the world so the challenges for organizations like yourselves and as standards makers um to deal with those different regulatory systems around the world with regard to batteries i think there's a lot of overlap 
in terms of the standards, whether they be EN style standards, clearly IEC and the relationship between EN and IEC and UL. So while there are um, differences between the main geographical standards bodies um, that are embedded into the standards, there's also a lot of uh, overlap. And clearly, the standards bodies need to talk to each other to at least understand where where everybody's coming from, where where you're developing particularly new standards for for new industries. So, in terms of you know what's next, where where do batteries go next? So, I think one of the interesting things is the EU directive that's that's coming in that that'll govern uh, batteries moving forward. And I think people will will see a big difference in their everyday lives in terms of of what, of how that governs battery use um, from point of supply to, to point of recycling. And again, trying to, trying to control the, the full life cycle of the product from putting it onto the market to how it goes into the recycling stream and this zero carbon economy, which batteries are going to be critical to. Just in terms, I mean, in terms of your your you know your your background, your professional background, mm-hmm. there's been, it seems to me there's been a, a real acceleration in battery technology. How how do you perceive it? You know, in terms of are, are we going leaps and bounds here in terms of the technology evolving? I think that, yeah, I, th- I think we're at a point where um, there is going to be a step change in terms of how we how we rely on batteries and and the technology that that we use. And it's you know it's it's an exciting point to be at but it's also a little bit scary because there will there will be a lot of challenges you know in in the next five to ten years whereas historically we were using batteries that maybe maybe had a 40-year life and 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 clearly at the end of those 40 years the people who built it possibly weren't alive and whereas now you know the batteries that you'll see in five or ten years time will be very different from the batteries that are put onto the market today so in terms of the sort of the, you were talking about electric vehicles or the backup backup batteries are they they're not desi- they're not going to be designed then for a 40 50, 50 year life necessarily no 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 they'll be designed for for effectively the life of the vehicle that that's an interesting thing they're designed for a shorter lifespan so it it's and it it's effectively it's to back up your electric vehicle so when when the when your main battery your, your main traction battery that is, is pushing your truck or your car, when that reaches the end of life, then in theory, you would probably look at replacing your backup battery at the same time, even though that backup battery, chances are, will have done nothing through its life, or possibly wow. will have done nothing through its life, because its only job is, is to, in the event of something going wrong with your main battery, your backup battery will, will take over. Now, in theory, nothing should go wrong with your main battery. How often have you been driving and, and the engine stops, for example? Yeah. But you need, to, you need to consider this very possibly very rare event and what do you do about it? I know it's a bit off-piste here, but I just sort of popped into my head. Electric planes. <laughs> Is yeah. that, are you involved in anything, any of that? I mean, the sort of battery-powered planes? Yeah, so, so at the moment, no. Uh, we do hear about stuff. I suspect it'll come with drones and uh, from the military sector first before we, we actually fly to Ibiza on an electric plane. You have been listening to an episode of The Standard Show with Matthew Childs and Cindy Powergill. Subscribe to us now wherever you get your podcasts. You just heard a stripped media production.